Hello, and welcome to the Concierge Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Kara Hackelman, and I'm a certified life and weight loss coach. I help people just like you lose weight for the last time. Are you a little people-pleasing, a little procrastinating, and maybe a little perfectionistic? Do you eat when you are not even necessarily hungry? I can help you overcome that so you can finish losing weight and get out of your own way. Join me each week to get a little motivation and a lot of inspiration. Good morning. I am sitting here with a very special guest today, and I am excited that she's got so much information that is going to help myself and all the people that might be listening today. So I'm going to start with letting her introduce herself, and then we'll get we'll get going. Go right ahead. Kara, thank you so much for having me today. Um, again, my name is Stephanie Shaw, and I am the host of a, a podcast, Hello Hot Flash, and I also help women by um, helping them with a strategy around nutrition. So I a little bit about my background. I spent 20 years in corporate America, 10 years running an education nonprofit, and during that time, I felt like I needed to go on this entrepreneur's journey. And I'll tell you a little bit more later about my actual story on what prompted me to go on that journey. So again, thank you so much for having me this morning. Yeah. So tell me, um, and you, you mentioned this before that you, I would love to hear about your history because I have an autoimmune okay. condition and okay. It went all over the place trying to get me a diagnosis. So I was right. super intrigued as you were talking to me about that. Yeah, yeah. So I love to share that story, uh, not because it's a, a good memory, but because I feel that it can be helpful. So again, what I what I do now for a living is I help women master menopause um, without using drugs. That's my entire purpose, I feel like, in life, because that's what I was able to do. So on March 23rd, 2017, I was on a business trip in New Orleans. I was walking down the street. I don't know why I was headed to Bourbon Street. I don't party, but I'm like, you're New Orleans. You need to go to Bourbon Street. <laughs> so um, actually, as I was physically stepping my foot on the Bourbon Street, my jaw went numb and my hands and feet start tingling. And basically, I thought I was having a stroke. And that very night, I ended up in two emergency rooms trying to figure out what was going on with me. But what I didn't recognize at that time was this had been going on for quite a while, walking up a flight of stairs and needing 45 minutes to recover, hair falling out um, back left side and like choppy. And my hair was really brittle and just crazy at that time. I'm twitching in my eyes, cold hands and feet, rapid heartbeat after certain foods. I went through the gamut of having symptoms off and on but between 17 and 19, it became consistent. So consistent that I ended up in at 18 different doctors. Um, so a cardiologist, um, acupuncturist. So I did Western and Eastern medicine, physical therapy, in and out of emergency rooms. I went to two world-renowned medical facilities and I had the advantage of having some of the best doctors because one of my friends actually works at one of the facilities. She's like, no, you need this doctor. So I was going to all of these doctors and I'd spent over $20,000 out of pocket. And not at any point over that two-year timeframe did anyone talk to me about nutrition or about lifestyle changes. And I, 
I, you know, I exercise, I walked quite a bit. And I also, um, I ate as a vegetarian. So maybe the assumption was that I was already doing it right, but no one dove really deep into what was going on. Um, toward the end, I found a naturopath. He was also a chiropractor and he did one test. And first of all, he asked me a list of questions. I'm like, oh, no one's ever asked me this. And I checked off every single thing on the list. And then he did one test and just had me simply change the way that I ate. And the the problem, the I, I guess, I don't want to say problem, but, but what would, I may not have ever discovered is a lot of the things that I was eating was quote unquote good for you, but weren't good for my body mm-hmm. specifically. So, so through this whole process of being so sick and, you know, not being able to enjoy my son, his senior year in high school, and just there was a gamut of things. I learned the importance of nutrition. So that's why I say now that I work with women who are perimenopausal and want to do it drug free because I was able to do it. And I believe that most people can do that same thing. So with your list of symptoms and things, were they mm-hmm. not what like, like standard medicine sees as a symptom for menopause? Why were they missing it? You think? no one even mentioned the word menopause and my GYN who I'm also friends with like it just never came up that I never had a conversation with any of these doctors about menopause not with any of them about nutrition either so and missing the symptoms um I was never diagnosed with anything so I took tons and tons of blood tests EKGs CAT scans MRIs, they were just about to test me for POTS, which um, is basically the test for that is an inversion table. And I'm like, you know what? I I just can't do it. I can't take another test. Um, But so I went through the gamut of tests, but no one ever mentioned those two words, menopause or um, nutrition. And based on my recovery, based on me not having lupus, Addison's disease, I can't remember every other (laughs) disease that they took before my blood pressure was always perfect my EKGs came back perfect um my B levels were always good like there was quote-unquote nothing going on um at that point it feels like it should have triggered someone's mind oh you're in your late 40s perhaps you are going through menopause or what are you eating so that again that's why I'm such an advocate for if you're feeling like your body is off in any way and you are thinking to yourself, Hey, all the tests are coming back normal. I must be fine. No, you need to keep pushing until you uncover exactly what's going on so that you can start to feel better. So, um, and I'm 44, so I'm kind of on that age group, you know, what were some of your symptoms so that like, if we're listening and we're like, well, what were some of the things that you had? You said that checklist that they gave you and you're like, I have all this, like, I, you know, I know of hot flashes, and your mm-hmm. cycle stopping. But like, other yeah. than that, what, I don't know what else to look for. So what were some of your symptoms? Yeah, Karen, I'm so happy you said that. Cause those are the two that we have. And then maybe people will think, ah, oh, my sleep is a little off, Yeah, but there, there can be this whole gamut of other symptoms. And what I don't want to do is um, I'll give my list, but recognize that it's different for every single person. Yeah. So with me, I had um, rapid heartbeat after I ate or random like skips in my heartbeat. Like, I'm like, what in the world was that? You could like feel the skips in the heartbeat. Uh, My hair falling out. So I had ball patches like in the back of my head. That's a sign. Um, One one I just discovered recently, dry mouth. 
A lot of people don't associate dry mouth with being perimenopausal. I didn't, but um, luckily this person had a dentist who understood menopause and he was able to help her. Um, again, the rapid heartbeat, cold hands and feet. So I was having so many, I was thinking that my A1C levels were off, but again, I was fine, but the cold hands and feet and the tingling and the numbness in my hands and feet, which could be associated with diabetes was for, in my case, was associated with my sugar intake and my nutrition level and the and me being perimenopausal. So there's like a gamut of things. And what's um what's so cool about us as always as women it is again, it becomes so unique for every woman. And I think, well, I think part of that may be the reason why some doctors miss it. Because again, with my symptoms, they were immediately going to cardiac issues mm -hmm. and or diabetes. And then when they couldn't figure it out, then they went to cancer and, and started to dig a little deeper. And then um, I also um, um, got anxiety. So I was the person like, why do you have anxiety? Like suck it up and keep on moving kind of thing. So I always apologize to everyone for saying that because, <laughs> because, because they couldn't find out what was wrong. Anxiety became part of my story as well. Not on a day-to-day -day basis, but more like I would... Um, eat something. And then in my mind, I'd be like, oh, that's going to make you more sick. I would get anxious and we'd end up in the, the ER room. So th those are just, um, again, a list of things that can happen that while they're going on internally, often start to present externally. So because all of that was going on inside, I got where I couldn't turn my head to the left and I got sciatic pain and I felt a higher level of stress. So it, it's funny that funny, not funny, that I was reading a list. I was doing some research a couple weeks ago. I'm like, wait a minute. How did I end up being the person who had almost every single symptom where some people only get hot flashes or dry mouth or, mm -hmm. you know, sleepless nights? So it, again, it can just run the gamut. Yeah, definitely. I um, I said I had an autoimmune condition and I, I felt like I did the same thing. I went through and they like well it's asthma it mine mine affects my lungs and then it eventually does my joints but like they looked at that they looked at cancer and then they're like well what else is there and so I've, right. I've got some experience with that and you're so excited when it's not the thing they're testing for and then also so disappointed because that means you still don't know thank you so much for saying that like I never wanted to be diagnosed with anything but in the back of your mind you're like okay if but I it's am not that it's not that and the, I've found even with autoimmune, with menopause, with a lot of things, we can at least begin to control our symptoms when we're taking on different lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. You said that you got up at six o'clock this morning and went and worked out. So like doing all those things just truly, truly help with any type of disease, whether it's autoimmune or menopause or cancer or diabetes or heart disease, all of Changing your lifestyle can really impact the way that you live through any diagnosis that you have. So what I like, and I, I think I know, but I probably really don't. So I want you to explain it to me. Like all I think of as perimenopause is like the, the small symptoms leading up to the menopause, but I don't really know what perimenopause is. So, or are there other levels besides? Um, I think you had a third one in there. So can you explain the different hierarchy of, of this? Yeah. 
Yeah, so perimenopause, you're right. It's symptoms leading up. You may start um, spotting, missing a cycle. Um, your estrogen levels, your progesterone levels, and your testosterone levels all start to drop. And they they um, need to work in symphony. They need to work together because if one or two drop, then your sleep may decrease. Mm -hmm. um, you may, again, start having anxiety and so forth. So you'll see drops in your hormone levels when you are perimenopausal. Mm. menopause is the anniversary date of you not having a cycle for one year so no cycle no spotting no nothing one year um so actually menopause is like one day but we kind of encompass everything and call call it menopause and then after that one day anniversary you're postmenopausal. and at that point your estrogen progesterone testosterone levels should start to equal out they'll be low but they should start to equal out and you should should start to see less and less symptoms. What I found is, again, that's totally different for mm -hmm. every person. A lot of people stop, um, they start to sleep perhaps a little bit better or they'll have less hot flashes as they're postmenopausal. But for some people, they still continue that, that gamut of perimenopausal symptoms. And a lot of times I, I feel like, do not have a medical degree, but I think that just like we said before, a lot of times staying postmenopausal for such a long time does relate back to lifestyle changes. So if you're drinking alcohol or you're eating a lot of processed foods, you're not taking care of your body, then your estrogen levels, um, your hormone levels continue to drop, 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 and drop. And you're not, um, you're never allowing anything to level out so that you can start sleeping and feeling better. So those are the three, the perimenopause, menopause for one day, and then postmenopausal. So with um, women having so many options for birth control now, <laughs> we, a lot of times are not even having cycles. So I wonder yeah. how they decide if you're not even having cycles because of birth control, like induced, you know, like I wonder right. how they decide how, when it starts and how your how your different groupings go if you're not not having it. Yes. So not being a physician, I can't speak to that yeah. and and make sure that I'm saying it completely correctly. So I don't want to speak to that that particular question. Um, but there are some testing that um, women can take. They can ask their their GYN for different testing. One is called F FSH um, follicle. Mm -hmm. Got the name just that quick, but it's the FSH test, and they can determine if they are perimenopausal. Is it stimulating so, follicle stimulating? Yes, is it hormone? The last I word? think it's hormone. I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor either, but we've heard, we're women. We've heard these words. Yes, yes, yes. So we um so that is a test that you can take, and it can help you determine. And it is follicle stimulating hormone. That's okay. it. Um, that is a test that you can take to determine if you are um, perimenopausal or not. Okay, so you're not a doctor, and you had this whole experience, and most people would just tell their girlfriends, like, "Hey, by yeah. the way, did you know?" But you've yeah. created an entire business, a podcast, everything around this. So, how did you move into that and? Where did you get your information? You know, all that kind of information. Tell me all about it. Yes, yes, yes. So um, life can be a good um, uh, um, professor, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so that's part of it. But honestly, about 10 years before I even started, I've always, even longer, I've always wanted to do something in 
the food nutrition industry. So at one point, a girlfriend and I were thinking about starting a vegan restaurant. I've done some television where I'll go to different restaurants and interview chefs and do tastings and stuff like that. So I've always been in that that space. And when I started to, when I got really sick, I said to myself, I'm not going to take any medicine, period. And I did not. That's not for everyone, but that was my personal decision. So I started researching nutrition, what this looks like, what the symptoms are like. And then I went back and got two certifications in um, in nutrition so that I could better inform women. I closed okay. my nonprofit and like I'm thinking, you know, I'm 50 plus. This is my time in life. So between um, life, between getting the certifications and not wanting it to just stay within my girlfriend group, understanding how much impact it would have had on my life. Maybe I didn't have to struggle for two years if there would have been this type of conversation. So that's why I decided to launch the podcast, Hello Hot Flash. And we bring in gynecologists, functional medicine doctors, naturopaths, chiropractors, sleep specialists to have these conversations. So even if you can't afford to go see someone or your doctor doesn't align with what you want to do, you'll get enough nuggets so you're able to begin to start to help your hormones feel better. And then for those who want to dive deeper, I created a course called Mastering Menopause. And it talks about um, the three levels of menopause, talks about the hormones and so forth, and gives you some nutritional guidance. And it also talks about what a beautiful time of life this is and how we need to embrace it. So I took what was going on in my life and decided that I needed to share it with more people and I wanted to be able to support more women. So again, they did not have to go through two years of sitting on the couch every day after work, just staring out the window, wondering when's my next doctor appointment kind of thing. So I, I work with women that want to lose weight and their hormones mm -hmm. get imbalanced, you know, from overeating and, you know, insulin and leptin, ghrelin, like all the different things, cortisol levels. And so tell me a little bit about how that either is similar or different from the hormones with menopause. So it's very similar because in menopause, your cortisol levels are impacted. So um, your fight flight or fight um, hormones, the anxiety that you feel, the nervousness, that's impacted during your the perimenopausal phase. Um, your um, leptin and ghrelin is also impacted during that phase as well. So um, your sugar levels increase, decrease, like with your insulin levels during that phase. So all of those, even though the, the I talked about the estrogen, um, progesterone, and the um, testosterone, more of our sex hormones, because that's what we're talking about. The other hormones are also impacted during menopause. So it's really important that it's kind of like if you're doing, if you're implementing the lifestyle changes, if you're exercising to the level that you can, providing some type of movement, if you're eating whole foods, eliminating sugar, dairy, um, maybe cutting back on your meat protein, eliminating or cutting way back on the alcohol levels, all of those hormones, leptin, ghrelin, cortisol, and the sex hormones, all of those will be impacted. So you will begin to um, either lose the weight if you need to lose it and or maintain a healthy mm -hmm. weight for your body. Yeah. So that's that's why I was like, this is a perfect merriment to have you on to, to speak to the people that I'm talking to because 
especially women, like we start realizing it's harder to maintain a weight and it could be like all of these hormones, whether it's the menopause or just how we've been overeating and changing our hormones, which I would imagine overeating could lead into some of that even perimenopausal type hormone imbalances, you know? You're 100% right. And that's why it's important for people to work with people like you. So if they're getting it right, quote unquote, right on the front end mm-hmm. with their age group that you're working with, then they're going to have less and less of a struggle as they navigate through menopause. So if, if they're working with you and they're getting their cortisol levels intact and getting their um, sugar, blood sugar intact, when they get to that perimenopausal phase, they're going to be the woman that's like, oh yeah, I was perimenopause. I had a hot flash or two and it was a breeze kind of thing. Yeah. So working with someone like you on the front end is, is super, super important to get through menopause in a, in a healthy whole manner. Okay. So supporting our sleep, you said movement, yes. trying to mm-hmm. eat more of a whole food type thing, but you yeah. also mentioned that you were personally eating what people would consider healthy, but it wasn't healthy for your body. So what did that look like? Because like, how would I know what I'm supposed to eat or what my body needs? Right. So for me, when I'm coaching people one-on-one, I uh, still coach one-on-one occasionally. I do a hair tissue mineral analysis with them. And that hair tissue mineral analysis will allow you to better understand what is actually going on in your gut with your health. Um, it will tell you, um, what foods may be, uh, not good for you and your particular, your body, your situation. So in my situation, for me, things like tropical fruit, give me, uh, hot flashes. Um, I can't eat cabbage and bok choy and so forth because they, they, they impact my gut health. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn even though I love bok choy because I eat a lot of Asian food because I don't eat meat. So I loved um, tropical fruit and so forth. I had to learn that those things are actually impacting my gut health. And I learned that through that type of testing. And then I was able to make some, some changes. So er, even if I were, were an identical twin, our guts are so different um, that we need to understand what is going on in the gut and make sure that we get our gut healthy. And that's going to help with every single thing else. Gut health is going to help you with your stress and with your sleep and help you to curb your appetite um, as it relates to sugar as well. So getting that healthy gut, I think um, is the one thing that I was able to do different to actually, I'm sorry, the, 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 the test was one thing that helped me understand what was going on in my gut so I could get my body healthier. Is that test something like people's general physicians do, or do you have to go to somebody specialist for that? Yeah. So a primary care physician may consider that like a woo-woo test. They may be totally against it. So I, so that, and then personally, the first test I took was a Zyto test and that's Z-Y-T-O. It was just a urine analysis. And then about once a year, I'll take the hair tissue mineral analysis. So your primary care more than likely will not know about it. And if they do, they will not um, consider it a test that they will offer in their office. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. What you'll want to do is work with a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor, and they will offer you something like a hair tissue mineral analysis. It helps you get more to the root cause of what is going on. So as I said, I spent $20,000 on blood work and blood tests. I took a $200 urine test 
And then like six months later, it took six months because my body was so jacked up. <laughs> but like, you know, I immediately had my answer to what I needed just by taking that quick test versus the $20,000 that I had spent. I am not saying do not go to your primary care physician. Right. Please still go. I still go. I still want to get my testing. But what I'm saying is oftentimes there, when you can't find an answer, you've tried everything, you've gone to 18 different doctors, two world or now medical facilities, um, you, if there's an option out there that can support you, I always suggest doing it. It's out, out of pocket for a lot of people. So some people step away from it, but I think it's a good alternative. And again, a functional medicine or a naturopathic doctor can um, get the hair tissue mineral analysis for you. So I personally work with a naturopath um, that can get the testing for me. And I also have a functional medicine doctor that I work with. And sometimes she'll she'll get the testing for me. So it just depends. I have partners in this so yeah. they can help me get the testing. Um, and now I can read the testing, but in the, the beginning, they helped me read the testing and so forth. And then what I do is set up the plan for my clients based on that testing. So if pineapples and cabbage are bothering you, when I'm helping you work on your nutrition, those are things that we stay away from. But if they're your favorite, I help you decide what else you can do to replace those things. So my question, mm -hmm. if I am getting started, right, and I'm hearing this and I'm like, I could probably try some of this on my own for a while. Mm -hmm. Is that better or not? Because I'm my, my question I'm curious is, do you want them to have the test when they're in their normal eating patterns? Or if I wanted to, you know, do some like clean up my eating kind of thing, you know, water, sleep, all the things, work on my stress and see where I can get maybe with just those good habits, which would be better to take the test like in like your normal previous eating or even work on it a little bit and then take the test? I, I always leave those options up to the person that I'm working with. Some people okay. before we, after onboarding, they'll take the test and then we don't meet again until they get their test results back. So I can go over a clear plan with them. Some people will say, you know what? I think I got this. Let me get through a little bit. Then we take the test and then we move forward. So it just depends okay. on the person where they are. I think if, if people come and they're, um, I don't want to say sick, but they feel they're feeling their symptoms. Yeah. Yes. Feeling their symptoms. That's very good. I like that. They're feeling their symptoms. Then normally they want to take the test right away so we can get started. But a lot of people will say, I think I got this. Let's just begin the work and then we'll take the test later. So there's I, no quote unquote described way. Yeah. I took um, a lot of allergy tests when I was on my journey and they wanted it to be when I was feeling my symptoms the, you know, at the height of them so that they could get mm -hmm. higher readings. Otherwise, when I had cleaned up my eating, the readings went down because I didn't have the reactions to those foods. And so they right. didn't read as, as high. They didn't read like they were a problem until I'd introduced that food again. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I, I completely get that for allergies because I had um, very serious allergies. Yeah at a younger stage in my life as well. So yeah, I remember those testing and yeah, <laughs> I'm like, you're trying to kill me. <laughs> so tell me. So I like, found that um, for, I'm sorry to interrupt, but oh, no, I'll, go ahead. Read, and I'll send this to you on the side if I can find the book, but I read this book about allergies and asthma mm -hmm. and um, gut health and the mm -hmm. relation between gut health and allergies and asthma. So my 
last son had asthma, we did a complete detox and he, we ended up in, we were in an emergency room every fall for about seven or eight years. After we did the gut change, we have not been back in the emergency room and he's 20, he'll be 23 this summer. So um, if I find the book, I will send you the name of that book to read. <laughs> so with like, like I said, with my experience, you know, I, we've always uh, joked that like, it's a cup and like, Every time I'm having food, and I use the word reactive because it's not exactly allergic. It's not exactly like bad or good for me. It's reactive. And my body is reactive to certain foods. And so I get to choose how much reaction I want to allow. And so I say it's a cup. And if I, you know, I am very sensitive to dairy. So if I've had a lot of dairy, if I've had a lot of sugar, if I've had a lot of red meat, and I keep filling this cup with things I'm very reactive to, there's no place for the cup to go. So it has to spill out. And that's when all of my joints and my body pain and my hormones, my sleep, all the stuff gets kind of out of whack. I'm very reactive to, you know, feeling my symptoms. But, and this was really where my question's going, like if I have a little bit of sugar from time to time, if I have a little bit of dairy from time to time, I'm not packing my cup full with all of the different things I'm reactive to. I just have a little bit from time to time. Is that kind of how it is with the hormones and our, um, the menopausal type eating? Like you could have a little from time to time, but you really have to watch how your body reacts to it. I, that is 100% the right way to say, and I love that, that analogy and I will be using that because I'm the same way. So when I say tropical fruit, if I really want some, I will eat some, but I can't eat the tropical fruit every day for a week on end, or I'll start to have hot flashes. Mm -hmm. I think we have to be able to enjoy the things that we enjoy and recognize that if you do anything in excess, it will, or it may impact your body. So yes, you're, you're exactly right. Um, while I try very hard to get my clients to like eliminate sugar, dairy and processed food completely for a while, mm-hmm. it's only so you can get clean so that you can periodically have these types of things. So last week I had a piece of fried food. Now, mind you, I hadn't had one in such a long time and it was so good, but I know for a fact if I would have that fried food again, like this week or the following week, I would, I would be sick, but I wanted it. I had it. I just know a couple more months, six months, maybe then I'll have it again. So you're exactly right. It's not about deprivation. It's about balance and understanding what does not work for your body and trying your best to um, cut those foods out. But you're at a birthday party, eat a piece of cake. Yeah. Well, and, and with weight loss, like I'm always talking about understanding your hunger and your hunger signals, how much, Mm. how much, uh, like, what are your signals to tell you you're hungry, that mindfulness? And then what are your signals to tell you you've had enough and those change. So the same thing with this, like staying in tune with what your body's reacting to and what your body's signals are, what, what your symptoms are, because just because like, I could always have a cup of ice cream before once a week, maybe you can't now. And like, I'm hearing that, like, I'm sure it's the same, but it would change from time to time. And so that's why I'm guessing you check in once a year with your testing, just to kind of see where are things at now? What's changed? What's different? And where does your 
awareness need to be at as your body changes so that you're always doing exactly what this is the beauty of what you're teaching. It's exactly what your body needs. It's not a prescribed, like we have a prescribed, like what we try to figure out what your body needs, but like it's going to keep changing. So keep checking in with it. It's not a one and done. It's like, oh, this happened. I'm curious. Is it mean something? Is it a one-time deal? Like I, I have my ladies write it down in a food log uh-huh. because if I have a reaction today and I don't have that food again for two months, I'm going to forget about my reaction today. So like I have my ladies write down the reactions because it's just a place of curiosity. Like next time I have it and I'm like, oh, I had that before it's on my list. Well, or next time I have it, I'm like, I've had this four more times and it never happened. Well, maybe it was something else that I had. Cause sometimes I think it's the combinations of things, not just specific things. Yeah. I love that. That is so, so true. And and you're right. I've, I'm just going to back up and say, please continue to go to the doctor. So I do one because, you know, my mom still thinks I'm 12. And she's like, have you been to the doctor this year? <laughs> <laughs> so I go for all of my regular blood testing. I go to my GYN every year, but I also do my hair tissue mineral analysis so I can dive yeah. a little deeper. And then the combination of the two, I think, helps me stay on track. So like my copper levels were a little low a couple months ago. So, all right, I need to eat certain food. I need to start to supplement, but I supplement for a period of time. Don't just keep taking that supplement because your body may not need it. That's another reason it's important to get the testing because your B levels may be off this year and they may be great next year. Like what is going on? We change so much even on a day-to-day, um, it's, it's super important to, to continue to get the testing. One of the things that came up for me as you were saying that was like, we're, so we're about the same age and our moms, I'm our grandmothers. Than you. You're what you are. Oh, well, I'm, I'm putting you in my boat. And so um, I'm going to hop in your boat. Go ahead. Hop in my boat. So our moms and our grandmothers, they were taught mm-hmm to be respectful to the doctor. And I'm not saying disrespect the doctor, but you have to advocate for yourself. And so your doctor is giving you from their lens what they think might be the issue. And this is not you getting talked to. It's not a school situation like the doctor teaches you something and you just take it and believe it. Not saying don't believe your doctor, but you have to be an active participant in your health. And so if you're Like my favorite question is how long are we going to do this? So like the doctor says, take this prescription. How long am I going to do this? Like, what Mm -hmm. am, what am I looking for that I need to come back and call you to tell you like, this isn't normal. Cause if I've heard my, my mother, my grandma, like all these people above, like older than me tell me, well, the doctor told me to take this or the doctor said I was fine. And I'm like, well, did you tell the doctor this other symptom? Or did you tell them you're taking the pills and that symptom never went away, they wrote the script for. And so being such an active participant and like finding what works for you, I went through all of the medicines, all the autoimmune medicines, my hair fell half out, thinned out all the things, I figured out all these reactions. And I had to kind of come on board with like, what am I going to be able to try? And I wanted to try the, before I just went to taking just any medication. And like, I agree with you that some people just need medications, but in my head, it soothed my brain 
to know that I had done everything in my abilities and that was water, sleep, exercise, you know, food and different things like that. And then when I know I'm taking the best care of myself, then I can go to my doctor and not saying I can't do it until then, but I can work together with the doctor. Like these are what I'm doing and I'm finding that this helps this, but I still have this part. So we're not treating every symptom I have with another drug. I think at one point I was on 12 different drugs and I still felt terrible. And so like, but the food was like life-changing for me when I started doing that. And I had, you know, I'm a life coach. So that's how I got into this because my brain went back and forth. Like, this is not fair. I shouldn't have to do that. And, you know, this is so depriving. It's so restrictive. I don't, I don't, I shouldn't have to live like this. I should be normal. And which is a whole fun conversation about what is normal. You know, the people who are in, you know, all of the perimenopause without doing anything about it, you know, they're eating their faces off every night because they can't deal with their emotions, all the fun stuff. That's what normal is. And we think we just want to be normal. So yeah, my rant. No, 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 no. I love it. The advocacy is huge. So I spent the entire day with my parents uh, at a healthcare, uh, you know, I, yeah. I said the name you know, yesterday, seven appointments. And that was my question. Every time we went in the room, they told them something. I'm like, okay, so what's the lifestyle change that you're now going to tell them? Cause they don't listen to me. Yeah. What's the lifestyle change? Yeah. You know, like, okay, all right, here's a med. How, how are they going to get off? What do they need to change? And we do have one cardiologist. He is amazing. So he took he took the time to break it down. But I but I know that the reason he did that is because I was advocating for my parents. Mm-hmm. I was having that conversation, and I think that if I hadn't had the conversation, he would gave them their scripts, told them what they need to know, and sent them on. Not in a bad negative kind of way. It's just because they have numbers to meet, unfortunately, in the United States. Um, so I, I, I totally agree with you and I can, I can talk about advocacy, advocacy for 10 hours straight. So I'll just stop now and say, you are right. Go in with your questions. Know that you are in control. This is your room to own while you need to respect the doctor because you need to respect everyone. You also need to respect yourself and whatever is going on with you. Make sure that you get that point across. Oh gosh, that is wonderful. Okay. If someone wants to get more information to link up with you or anything, tell them how to get a hold of you. Sure. They can go to my website, Hello Hot Flash. And on the website, you can get links to uh, my blog posts, uh, my Instagram information, which is also at Hello Hot Flash podcast. Um, And you can also get information on the course. And if you'd like, you can connect with me um, via the, the website as well. So again, it's Hello Hot Flash com. And Stephanie, you have given us a super great little freebie for anyone listening. You want to tell them about that and how they can get your freebie? Yes. Yes. So um, I, I assume you'll link it in the show. Notes, I will. They, absolutely. Yes. On the website. Also, if you pull up the website right on the top banner, you can link to a quiz and the quiz will walk you through what hormones may be um, a little off for you right now. Is it your cortisol, estrogen, progesterone? And then I give you some very, very valuable information on things that you can do right away to start getting them back in line. Oh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. It has been so fun to talk to you. I don't tell uh, the ladies that I work with what to eat. So this kind of introduces 
you know, in the beginning, they're working with me and it's just trying to get them to stop overeating so that they can learn how to manage their emotions and, you know, just all those other things. And then right. like after they stop the overeating, they usually on their own start kind of tweaking. I don't want to say cleaning up because I, I don't love that because that makes it sound like you cannot have the birthday cake, but right. they, they start tweaking so that they, they do, they take ownership of their health and their body and what they're putting into it. And they'll start up-leveling. They'll start making a little bit better changes each time in their eating. And so I love that. And it doesn't have to be all one way or all the other, but this right here gives them a glimpse as to what some of those foods that they're having. I mean, yeah, we're working definitely to get them to stop overeating, but changing out some of the foods, it, it's just so much, it's self-care. It's taking care of your body. Yes. I love that. I love that. All right. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Concierge Weight Loss Podcast. Like what you heard today? Leave a review or share with a friend. And check out the Next Step Quiz, where you'll find what has held you back from lasting weight loss and what to do next. You will find the link to this and many other helpful podcasts and videos in the show notes. I can't wait to see you there.